0: boys don Juan's are back this week we're doing a little mock draft action i'm your host mike and i'm joined by john yep and tim hello boys how you doing today happy greek easter oh happy greek easter man
1: happy faddle to you.
0: yeah appreciate that all right uh, <laughs> so we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna do a little mock draft action today But uh, for the viewers at home, all 10 of them, we decided to make it a little bit more interesting this week, and to determine mock draft order, we are going to be asking each other some trivia questions, and the winner of the trivia will pick the order. Just so that everybody knows, the way that we're going to do the mock is it's going to be a 2QB, 2 running back, 3 wide receiver, 1 tight end, 10 team league, uh, half point per reception, and... I'm trying to think if there's anything else relevant I thought, there. I, I thought we literally
2: disagree we're not doing tight ends.
0: Well, like a tight end's in the league. I'm, I'm not going to pick one because I don't care. But for people that are wondering. Okay, that's fair. That's the, that's the league format. I mean, everybody has tight ends in their league, whether or not you draft one. Uh, true, true. Okay, and then the other thing to keep in mind is uh, that we are going to be probably just talking very briefly about every single one of our picks. And the assumption here is that these picks are determined without knowing where they're going. So, after the NFL draft on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we will probably be doing another MOG at some point in the future, reassessing our picks and seeing who the biggest risers and followers are based off of that information. Uh, does that all sound good to you guys? you guys have anything else to add there? No, sounds, no? Good. sounds good to me. All right. Um, who wants to go first for trivia? I can uh,
2: ask John. Yeah. I can
1: ask John oh I question. Thought, I thought Mike was asking me. Uh, oh,
0: I, yeah, I, I was going to ask John. I guess you're asking me then. Oh,
1: I literally had one each, but all right.
0: No, that works too. That's fine. No, it's
1: good.
2: I mean, you you just don't
1: listen, but that's cool.
0: <laughs> all right. All right, Tim, go ahead. Ask somebody a question.
1: All right, John. So, as, <laughs> as a player, which current NFL head coach outplayed and defeated Brett Favre on Thanksgiving Day in 1994? Are you going to give me the multiple choice here? Oh, actually. No, that, he... no, I fucked up the question immediately because, yeah, he's not an NFL head coach anymore. Forgot that, Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: very good. <laughs> very, very Well,
2: so do I just get it right, I guess? No. Is Tim screwed it up? No.
1: Yeah, that's on Tim.
0: No, that counts as a right one for, for John, I oh, think. Oh, fuck. Yeah,
2: I'll, I'll take that. <laughs>
0: I mean, you did you said a real trivia question. No, I do.
1: I have an actual one now.
0: All right, well, I guess I'll get the actual one. So no, I have two point.
1: actual ones, dude. You think oh, okay, i come in okay. here with just two? I might be an <laughs> yeah. idiot, but I'm a prepared idiot.
0: <laughs> All right, ask John the other one. All
1: right, what current NFL head coach is responsible for <laughs> quarterbacking the biggest comeback in NFL history?
2: So, again, I don't get any multiple choice here.
1: Yes, fine. Doug Peterson, Frank Reich, or Pete Carroll? Mm,
2: Doug Peterson. I
1: don't know. That no, was Frank Reich. He had the biggest in college cool. and NFL. Cool,
0: interesting. Well, John, you yeah. saw. It. Yeah, I bet you wish wow. you had your free question now.
1: Riveting. I All mean. right, so
0: All ask right. me. Ask me mine.
1: Which Ravens running back holds the team's single season rushing record? Now, your team is only like you know 20 years old so if i give names it's just gonna like yeah no, yeah. no you're
0: fine <laughs> it's 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 jamal lewis isn't it yes it is okay nice um Okay. Well, I I was going to, I guess I'll split mine up now to give you guys both some fun. Um, you know, we talked about doing trivia, but I wasn't very specific with mine. So I thought might as well have a little fun with it. And I started looking up, uh, NFL arrest rates. This still counts as trivia, by the way. (laughs) So I, uh, I have a a wealth of (laughs) NFL arrest (laughs) rate information here that I'll be quizzing you guys on. Uh, I'm going to ask Tim first and Tim, this is going to be, you have to, you have to rank these correctly. Uh, there have been over 400 of these total crimes committed in the NFL since the year 2000. It is DUIs, drugs, and domestic violence. Do- of those, what is the order from least to most? Like, which one was committed the least? Which one was committed the most?
1: Oh, um, least domestic violence. Um, the middle is uh, DUI, and then I guess the top is drugs.
0: Close. It was actually DUI's number one. DUI is at 224. Uh, Domestic violence. (laughs) Domestic violence is barely under drugs. 107 to 110. (laughs) Oh, it's shockingly close. Okay. Uh, John, here's yours. Uh, There are several teams with an extremely high amount of total, uh, I guess, citations or arrests since the year 2000. Um, Which of the following teams is... The highest incarcerated or arrested rate since the year 2000. Your op- was... do, you, <laughs> do you want options or do you want to just guess one of the teams I wasn't going to ask you? You can give me options
1: now.
0: Okay. <laughs> Don't put the uh,
1: Cowboys as an option.
0: <laughs> the options the options are the Cleveland Browns, the Denver Broncos, uh, the Detroit Lions, and the Atlanta Falcons. Brown? Browns sound good <laughs> when I was looking at it. I was like, I gotta put the a Cleveland team in here somehow.
2: Surprisingly yeah, they,
0: they sound like they'd be, yeah, that kind of team. Surprisingly, uh Cleveland's at six on this list. Uh Cincinnati is at three, but number one is actually it's it's a tie, but it's Denver, um with the most. And Denver what? has an absolutely absurd <clears throat> amount of domestic violence cases relative to every other team. <laughs> it's actually kind of crazy. <clears throat> uh well, wow
2: that's impressive
0: but yeah so I, I thought that you know that's a little bit how are, the, how
2: are the cowboys not on that list
0: i'll <clears> tell <throat> you where the cowboys are on it they're actually pretty low they look like they're probably about
2: 18 jerry speech under the road. <laughs> i disagree all right i'm up all right all right so i have a question specifically for tim tim which NFL player on the New England Patriots was once given the game ball for taking the shit, taking Blair a shit on up. the sidelines? <laughs> Good. I was just testing if you were a real fan. <laughs>
0: you do that so quickly, you make
2: multiple choice. I know. I told you I was giving you a tossing. All right, Mike, you're up. All right. Phyllis Smith, most popular for playing Phyllis Vance on The Office, was actually once an NFL cheerleader. But for what team – is it A, the St. Louis Cardinals, B, Philadelphia Eagles, C, Pittsburgh Steelers, or D, the Baltimore Colts?
0: Oh, uh, oh I, I know you want me to guess Baltimore Colts. I'm going to say it's the Steelers.
2: Cards. No, you're wrong. It's the Cardinals. Really? I knew Tim was going to know both of those because he read ref. And oh, no, Coach, I just
1: guessed so. that one because I knew that – uh I don't think the Colts have cheerleaders. I know the Jets – or, no, the Steelers don't, and the Jets also. Just only recently got them, I think.
2: Yeah, Mike, you idiot. How didn't you know that?
0: Well, can't build Rome in a day. Uh,
2: you can right, build Rome in
0: a Tim day, and I are, Wait, Tim and I are tied. So, tiebreaker, John, do you each want to ask us one more? Do you have two more questions you can find quickly? Uh, no, Mike, you can not. go.
1: i I'll go third. Uh, I no, my... I,
0: I want to go third. I explicitly want to go third. Okay,
1: so I'll go second.
0: <laughs> All right, that's fine. All right, John. Wait, I, fine, I guess I'll go first. Whatever. You have Let's to you, you have to go first because uh, you, you, you got to get more questions right to choose.
2: False, I got the first one right.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so the order is going to be John, Tim, me, and then we'll go back to John again for pick four.
2: All right, cool. Uh, I'm taking Burrow, the first pick. Why do you go QB so early? Uh, because I think me and you both kind of learned the hard way, To me, The two QB dynasty league QBs are pretty important.
1: Very true. Yeah. I,
0: I think also, like, quick note uh, to say, Joe Burrow, I think, is, like, so much better. And I feel like it's become more obvious in the past couple of weeks, too. I feel like Joe Burrow is so far ahead of, of Tua and Herbert. I think um, – well, I'm sure we'll talk about Herbert when somebody takes him. But I think that the video you share on Herbert, and I think some of the stuff with two is wonder. Like, uh, in addition to everything else going on with his injuries, granted, I know some people say the wonder like doesn't matter at all. And apparently, it was a corrected number; it was 19, not 13. But I still don't love to see it. So, I think just as a note, I feel like Joe Burrow is clearly one um, in basically all two QB formats.
2: Yeah, and I mean, also, I mean, none of the other guys are probably going to start. Right away, you know, he's walking right in as a starting job. So. Yeah, he's going to give you value, year one. Definitely agree. So, at least for this format, he looks pretty good because you guys won't even have a starting quarterback. I already have the market corner. Here, here's
0: a question for you guys real quick because we, we <laughs> haven't really focused on quarterbacks at all. Um, so, Joe Burrow, uh, let's pretend this isn't a rookie draft and this is like a, you know, a dynasty startup. Um, roughly guessing, where would you guys slot him in? Like, would you slot him between like the 10 to 15 QB slot, like, do you think he's a QB one his first year? No. Uh, Wait, are you saying not a dynasty No, dynasty draft, draft but it's with rookies and with current active players. So, in other words, like, people like – Oh, so, like, it's a, it's yeah, a startup. Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, probably – maybe around 10.
1: I think that's probably fair.
0: Yeah, I think he's – I think he's, like, 10 to 12-ish, honestly. I agree. Tim, you think he's outside of the yeah. top 15?
1: Uh, I mean, maybe, like, uh, fantasy production-wise in his rookie year because, uh, again, the Bengals, they have good uh, skill position players and their, co- their head coach is very offensively minded. But, again, it, it's just uh, the fact that he's a rookie coming into the NFL. There's going to be some growing pains eventually. It doesn't matter how talented you are.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we, we'll, we saw a little bit with Baker his second year, too. So even if he has a good first year, I mean – We're going to have to watch it. But, yeah, I I agree. I think that he'll probably be a back-end QB1 to QB2 his first year. Looking at pick two, Tim, you are up. Joe Burrow's off the board.
1: I'm going to take DeAndre Swift because, as John said, quarterbacks are very important, and right behind them are running backs because uh, in any fantasy league running backs, just a bell cow lead back, they're so rare to have. If you can somehow get your hands on one, you have to take that shot. And in this uh, rookie draft, I'm just kind of assuming, you know, Swift landed in a good location and I think he's going to be the lead back.
0: Yeah. Interestingly enough, didn't you, when we did our top 10 running back ranks, did you have JK Dobbins ahead of Swift or would you have Swift ahead of him?
1: I think I had, uh, it was Taylor Dobbins Swift, but when I went back and I rewatched the episode and then I looked at the notes again, I looked at some more scouting information and, Again, I think that they're all very, very talented. It's kind of like a one A one B kind of situation. So
0: that's fair. But you think yeah. you're, but now evaluations aside, you actually think you've Swift at one. Uh,
1: I think I do. Again, it's close, and it it depends on landing spot with the uh, you know the level of talent we're dealing with here.
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, uh, I think Taylor is really good, but I think Swift is probably the closest to like the modern day back. Like Taylor hasn't really proven that he can be a pass catching back. Whereas Swift's has proven he can do everything already. Also yeah, all the fumbles. I agree.
0: Yeah, fumbles too. I think that I think that Swift's polish is, is better for sure. And I think that we talked about this when we did our rookie ranks. But yeah, I have Swift ahead as well. Um right now it's it's definitely close. And I think that Thursday and Friday are gonna be really interesting to see where they do land um if somebody like taylor lends on the steelers and he has to like fight for some touches that would be kind of interesting if a guy like swift somehow like went to the bills i think it would be kind of annoying with having um what's his name ready there yeah yeah exactly okay um so then i'm up at three and i'm i'm taking taylor here just because i do think that there's a clear teardrop for me i think that uh Swift is 1A, and I think Taylor is 1B. I I still love Taylor's pure rushing ability. I think that he is the most talented, um, just pure runner in the draft. Obviously, we have questions about his hands. But we've seen success from guys like this, if everything works out the way it should. I mean, I'm thinking about Chubb. He hasn't had his hands used much um Adrian Peterson is somebody like that Leonard Fournette came in like that and Leonard Fournette this year was used more so I'm optimistic Taylor can learn but yeah like the risk is definitely a little bit more obvious with Taylor versus Swift in terms of their polish
1: I actually have something to say about uh people who uh, say people like Taylor are you know just two down backs they're only going to be on their first two downs stump it up the middle whatever but they're on the field twice as much as third down backs that's, you know, it's, it's almost like people just completely discount that.
0: Yeah, it's true. I think it's weird because per, the perception is that if you're in PPR um, and you can get shoot in for 40 receptions um, mm-hmm. on the year, that's 20 extra fantasy points, which is the equivalent to 200 extra rushing yards. So, like, I think it's just a little bit, truck, you know, <clears throat> tricky in the sense that people, uh, it's, it's basically like cheap points. I think is the best way to think about it. I think that's why some people are getting so excited about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Because even though he might not be like a pure, you know, top one to eight running back, uh, his ceiling is probably like a very safe RB2 flex just because of his recession possibility. So, yeah, I see it both ways. But I agree with you. Like, you don't have to necessarily be a three-down back. But if we're going to split hairs, like, that's why I'll have Swift one over Taylor still. John, you're on pick four. Cool. Uh, I will take Dobbins at pick
2: four. Um, And it was actually – I know you thought it was Tim, but it was actually me who had Dobbins as one. I knew Um, you did. I thought Tim did too. uh, No, I don't think he did. But, um, I mean, same reasons, just with the every down back kind of thing. And Taylor – I mean, I I do like Taylor. I just don't think he has proven that he's a pass catcher yet. And, I mean, obviously in the fumbles too. But I just – I watched Dobbins' film. We talked about it before. He's just kind of – you know, B plus, A minus all around. I couldn't really find any flaws with him. So I think he has a pretty safe floor.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So.
0: Yeah, that's completely fair. I think Dobbins. Now he's on my team. Yeah, uh, I think that that's like super fair. I think that Dobbins is interesting because I think that without yeah. having any of the actual combine stats, people, like I said, I said this before, but people that love film and people that like watching it film, like Dobbins films really strong. Um, and his stats and his breakout age all indicate that he's going to be very successful in the NFL. Obviously, he did come in slightly under what people expected for his weight. Um, and he's 5'9", nine, But it's still, you know, he could easily put on five pounds and then you're not questioning anything. DeAndre Swift's 212 after all. So, yeah, I, I totally get that. Tim, you have I, anything I to add? Or, Sorry. Okay, go, you know, just one more thing. I, I do, out of him, Swift, and Taylor, I worry the
2: most about Dobbins that he's going to go to a team like, you know, maybe the Ravens or something and kind of not be the starting back immediately. I don't know why. I think maybe because he didn't do the combine, so he might kind of slide. But for some reason, I think he, out of the three of them, he's the one that'll most likely have to sit. Like, he won't, I mean, he won't be on the bench. He just might not walk right in and be the starting running back.
1: You know, John, now that you say that, I can kind of see it as, like, a New England Patriots situation where uh, last year they had Rex Burkhead, or it was last year, two years ago, they had Rex Burkhead as their kind of every down back. They put him out there to try to Make it look like, oh, are we running? Or are we passing? That's what Dobbins would be. But then, when it was a passing down, they put in a specialist. When it was a running down, they put in, you know, Sony Michelle. So I could totally see, you know, someone with a deep backfield like the Ravens doing something like that.
2: Why I yeah. more meant, i why more meant like him just going there because they know Ingram's gone next year. Not true. And then then he steps right in, you know. Which mm-hmm. I mean, even if he went to the Ravens, I'd be thrilled. I'd still take him in, in Dynasty.
1: And it's not like he's just going to sit on the bench for forever. You can't keep talent off the field like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just mean he might not be – like might not just walk in and be the the best back in the backfield
1: right away. I agree with you.
0: Yeah. It's interesting too because I think that running backs a position where you expect immediate production and it's unusual, but it does happen where you draft the guy and then he sits for a year. I think I saw him mocked to the Bills, which would have been interesting. I think I've seen him uh, mocked actually one time to the Titans – and funny enough, I mean, when Henry got drafted, he got taken in the second to the Titans, and it's when they had DeMarco Murray after he had that crazy year with the Eagles. So, like, you know, sometimes it does take time for people to develop, and then that does eat into the available years where you're really excited about having them. So, that, I mean, it's going to be a consideration if he has to split time his first year. Yeah.
2: I don't, I don't know why I just get the feeling out of the three of them, I worry about that the most with him.
0: But Yeah, I can see that for sure.
1: Yeah. All
0: right, Tim? All
1: right, well – uh, I actually have uh, on another tab our um, what's like one of our drafts uh, boards for our our dynasty league, and it's looking so similar to our very very first rookie draft of just there's a huge slide on running backs, and you know, if you have one available, people take them because like I said earlier, you need a running back. But I think the ones I had first round grades on are all gone, so I'm gonna have to go with the top wide receiver of C.D. Lamb.
0: Yeah, totally fair. I think CD at four or five is like you're pretty excited about getting him there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Here's the question. You you love Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, yeah. um, as it's been well documented. I think we we all <laughs> like him pretty decently. But for how much you like him, um, when you say a first-round grade on running backs, you mean a first-round NFL grade?
1: Uh, I mean a first-round you- uh, like dynasty uh, rookie draft grade. Because that that's how I have, oh. I have my guys sorted uh right here. It's just like guys I would feel comfortable taking in the top ten picks.
0: Super interesting. So you don't you wouldn't take Edwards Hilaire, I guess we'll see soon up, but you wouldn't take Edwards Hilaire. you don't have a first round grade on him. That's interesting.
1: I again I'm, I was actually you got a jump.
0: Sorry, no, you, you go, Tim.
1: I was gonna say I really like him, but it's just one of those things I have no idea where he's gonna go. I love his talent level, but just independent of everything, a very, very solid wide receiver is, you know, good to have.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I, So one, I know we we all kind of talked about how we, out of all the wide receivers, Lamb's the only one we'd take over one of these running backs. So that's fair. Um, but I was actually listening to something on Clyde Zebrowitz the other day about him going to the Buccaneers. How how everyone would think that's such a great spot, but he doesn't pass
1: block. Yeah, he does. Which have is pass interesting. I was just a runner, which would like a route runner.
2: Yeah, yeah. Which would make that spot a little interesting because then. When he's in the game, you know he's running a route, and you can you can cover that, which makes that pick a little more
1: Yeah,
0: this is so I'm up at six, I guess. Um, yeah, there's I guess there's not much to say about <clears throat> Lamb. Um, I think solid pick, Tim. Of course, he's like my clear wide receiver one. Um, I really hope that he lands on Oakland. I think that that's a much better landing spot than the Jets. I don't want to see him with the Jets. I just think that Gase is the killer of uh, value for fantasy players. Agreed. All right, looking at six. This is actually a tough pick, to be honest with you, because the two running backs left, uh, I would typically lean running backs, but I'm not – I don't love – without having a landing spot, I think there's a lot of risk with Akers. Um, Clyde Edwards is hilarious who I really like I just at 6 I don't I don't know I think this is too early for him Um, I think I'm going to go with Judy here I think Judy is pretty safe Um, I think that he's the clear next best wide receiver after Lamb and I think that he's going to have a very good transition in the NFL because his route running is so strong
1: I definitely definitely agree Uh, route running is the one thing that I see a lot of people have a knock on Whenever I'm looking at any sort of draft scouting profile, it's always, oh, yes, needs to work on the route running, not crisp, doesn't explode out of cuts, whatever. So the fact that he does have good route running already saves him a lot of time and, you know, just headaches of why won't he get in the field? Why can't he run routes? He's going to be out there. And also, I just want to say briefly, I think now is where it's going to get interesting with our uh, mock draft because, you know, these are the consensus top six guys. So, you know, the order doesn't matter. Those guys are going to get top six. So, I think it's going to be interesting now who starts going off the board.
2: Well, to me, it's interesting that neither one of you taking a QB yet, right? I don't know.
0: No, and, and to be honest with you, I was thinking about Tua here. Um, I think I like Tua. I think that in, it depends on your team composition. Um, if this is like we're making our real team, my logic is I'll let Tim take Tua and I'll take Herbert later. Um I think that it's this is to a territory right around six to seven if you need a quarterback. I think um I'm going off the premise of like best pure talent in the draft. And I, I've just cooled on Tua a little bit lately. I mean, I just don't know what to make of him in a lot of ways. I think that there's a lot to like about him. And I definitely do like him about you know above Herbert. I've said that before and I do feel that way. Um, but I think the gap between Tua Herbert um and the gap between Burrow and then the other two like the the gap from Burrow afterwards is so big i'd rather take like a blue chip uh talent player i think mm-hmm.
2: yeah i agree i agree no, that's all I he's i mean he's 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 just way he's just too much of a risk i feel like to take this yeah. early not
1: like you and and, obviously just...
2: and obviously, there's no real team need here cuz we just have an empty team so i i'm going to take a skill position just to make it more mm-hmm. fun but
0: yeah, and, and I think it's – well, one thing I will say that's super interesting is if you go onto like, Reddit or you go to a lot of forums, the consensus in Superflex 2QB is, oh, Burrow goes one, Tua goes two. Like, I guarantee you that we'll have people that listen to this that say, I can't believe that, like, is still on the board at six or seven. This isn't a 2QB league. This is – how is this happening? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, team need – team need and, like, you know, what are the people in your league like? Honestly, I think that people in our league happen to not value – um middle qb2 quarterbacks the same way as they should mm-hmm. i think a great example of this is how hard it's been for like john to trade Locke, even though Locke's solid if tua goes out and has Locke's first year i still think that it's hard to get like a blue chip skill position player for him so i'd rather take the the skill position player that i know is going to be able to produce and i don't have to worry about trying to trade him to somebody and making him work
1: and also it has to it has to do with just how many people you can play at one position in a two QB league. It's not super flex, you can only play those two guys. But if you can have, you know, the two running back spots, two flex spots, if you can get another solid running back, there's no no harm in that.
0: Yeah. Two QB I can I can see the defense and especially if you need a quarterback. Like if we're talking if your best quarterback is Gardner Minshew, yeah, you need to take two it too yeah. Um If you're in a super flex league, though, and you already have um, Kyler Murray as your first quarterback, uh, it's close. It's close. You can think about it. I don't think you need to. I'd rather have a blue chip running back. Mm -hmm.
2: But, yeah, John, you're up at seven. All right. With that, I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do that because I am not uh, too worried about landing spot with him. I feel like wherever he goes – um, I mean, I'd prefer for him to go to a team with an established number one. Uh, I, I think I've said it before. I would like him on, the. I think I said the Broncos, but the, I guess the Eagles would kind of work there too, but not really. Um, but I feel like wherever he goes, he's going to be a safe number two on that team. And I think he just has a very safe floor with also a lot of upside, um, because he is pretty talented. So I think he's just a pretty safe pick. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I'd like him on the Eagles a lot, to be honest with you. He'd be really interesting with them having Ertz and Goddard and two tight end, two wide receiver sets. Um, yeah. They would just need a field stretcher, which, again, they didn't go after Robbie Anderson, which is interesting because I think they really need a field stretcher. Jefferson seems to me like, even though he's athletically gifted, he'll be, if he plays out of the slot, he's going to be used more as a possession guy, um, which would be interesting. He can play anywhere, but that's what I see.
2: But, I mean, that's what I think. I think he can kind of play anywhere on the field and, and, he's just going to be a safe number two wherever he goes. You know, he might not have those huge games, but he's going to get you consistent points. Yeah, that's he's, totally fair. I mean, it's, it's kind of like Tyler Boyd. On my team, Tyler Boyd is consistently average, but then randomly will break out for a big game. Yeah, But you're never really worried about him getting one catch for two yards,
0: you know? if Here's a question for you. If somehow, because there's so many receivers, um, what would you think about Jefferson if he made it to the first pick in round two and the Bengals took him? Um, I think he would more mm, – I don't know. That would make me a little nervous as a Boyd owner, but
1: – Jefferson not really getting because...
0: paired up with uh, Burrow, he played with in college, good chemistry off the bat.
1: It's interesting. And it would be just like LSU. We'd have all those weapons spread out the field.
2: Yeah, that would be interesting. But why do, why do you got to keep doing this with all my players,
0: man? <laughs> what, making you think about them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But, no, I mean, that, that would make sense because, I mean, A.J. Green's kind of on mm-hmm. his way out. Uh, John Ross is, you know, who knows.
0: I don't think he makes it to that pick, by the way. I'm just playing, uh, like, evil. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either, but that's something interesting to think about. Fair enough. Tim, you got anything else on Jefferson? I don't 100%? know why.
1: I just, when I watched him, I didn't really like what I saw. I Like, he's a good player, but I don't think that he's, you know, like, pick number seven. I think that there are higher upside guys like T. Higgins or um, Ruggs.
0: Oh, you like T Higgins more? Oh no, I I can't get behind that one. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I Jefferson to me is like a better athlete though. He's a significantly better athlete and I think he's so much more crisp. I don't know, Higgins Higgins gives me like Mike Williams vibes. I don't I don't well, love I it. I
1: briefly scouted him, you know, just leading up to this episode because he wasn't one of the guys I initially scouted in our last episode. So I kinda had to do some catching up when I was looking at all the other receiver prospects. So, you know, and what what I saw, I liked it.
2: Yeah. I, mean, I like true. I like Higgins fair. too. He's he's freaking huge. And I do like the Mike Williams comp a little bit there. Um I just think I mean Justin Jefferson can do way more, I think. That's fair. But we'll, we'll find out, I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. All
0: right, Tim, you're up at you're at 8. Are you what are you doing okay, at 8? So
1: at 8? Give me one second. All right. 8. This is a tough one. Uh I think I would have to go uh, either Higgins or Ruggs, I'm going to lean towards T. Higgins on this one.
0: Higgins at eight. That's, that's fast. Okay. That's pretty interesting. Um, you would take him over Edwards Hilaire and you would take him over Akers.
1: I mean, I don't know. I, I like Akers, but I just feel like he's going to be what uh, Singletary was this past season. He's going to be solid back. That'll come in. If he's not going to be a, like a scat back or something, he's going to be kind of a co backfield leader. And in the first round, that's not what I want. T. Higgins is six four. He has relatively good speed. He's what you need in an X receiver. He's that type of guy where he can be, you know, you're the guy. Like just he has that frame.
0: So so looking back at your wide receiver rankings, then you look you'd have Higgins above Ruggs and Rager. In this situation now, because you took him over those two guys,
1: yeah. uh, I have a second round uh, grade on rigor
0: Yeah, well, I knew I knew you liked Rugs a little bit more last time, so I guess Rugs has slowed down your board as well.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm okay with that pick because then I'm guaranteed either Cam Akers or Clyde Zebrowski layer my next pick, and then also the wide receiver class is so deep that I'm not missing too much by missing Higgins. So. Um, good, good. Thank you, Tim. Good I mean, no, a yeah. big part of
1: this um, is uh, landing spot. Like, if you know what's his name, if Jefferson goes to a place where he fits, that works. If Higgins goes to a place where they need like a big X wide receiver, that that would work too.
0: Okay. Whether what if he doesn't,
1: doesn't? Then he would sink down a little bit because you know he's a good talent. But I think that with the bigger receivers, if you don't have you know quarterbacks complement the skill set, it won't work. Like, someone like uh, Teddy Bridgewater or Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod is an awful anticipation thrower. He doesn't like to throw jump balls. He would not work well with Higgins. But someone like, you know, when Jameis Winston, not like the volume, but just the fact that he was willing to throw those 50-50 balls, like, that's the type of quarterback that you'd want him with.
2: Yeah, I mean, me and Mike were actually talking about this with, or it wasn't me and you, Tim, I forget, with Devontae Parker how uh, I think that's half the reason he was so successful is because finally he had
0: Fitzpatrick just airing it out mm-hmm. to him 50 times a game. All right, I agree with you. Nine is, I, I've been quiet over here because I'm thinking about nine, and this is super interesting because <clears throat> the way I see it, um, Akers and Edwards-Hilaire are going to be most likely the next two picks. I want to take Tua here, but I also think that if I go with Akers or Edwards-Hilaire, that guarantees me one of Tua or Herbert at my pick. Um, and there's still so many good receivers on the board. This is a crazy deep class. I mean, you're like I'm looking at this, and like you're still pretty excited at pick nine. Um, I think, uh, I think I am gonna go with Acres here. Um, I think this is Acres territory. Or I, I think that it, he just dropped a little bit too much for me. Um, and I really wanted to but, like, uh, at the same time, like, I I think that I'd rather end up with one of the running backs, either Akers or Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I think we talked about this last time that Akers is my number five ranked guy, and, and I have Edwards-Hilaire at three. I think the reason I'm leaning Akers here is because I'm assuming he goes to a less murky situation. I have a feeling a team that drafts him will give him a clear path to touches. However, like, I think that Akers and Edwards-Hilaire are two of the guys that are going to be a- adjusted the most – because I think that people have wider valuations on their talent. And what you're going to see is landing spot is going to sometimes dictate the value of where people have these guys. So in light of that, I'm going to go with acres over Edwards Hilaire, even though in my personal rankings, I think Edwards Hilaire is safer.
2: Okay. I agree with all that. So now Tim, I'll take Tua and you take Herbert and then does
1: Mike even have one I am not taking him. He is one of my lowest rated quarterbacks. (laughs) I
2: I'll get that's in fair. there when we get there. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Well I'm gonna take Clyde Edwards Hilaire anyway. Yeah, I, really I think mean.
0: we've been talking about him throughout this time sprinkled in here. How he is exciting, but he like there is a little bit of a question as to where he's gonna go and how he's gonna get used. Um I don't like wanna harp on him too much because I think we've somehow weaved him into the conversation at like nearly every pick. But uh <laughs> do you guys have anything specific that you wanna add on him?
2: No, I think we're just gonna have to talk about all this after the draft. Yeah. Sure. <clears throat> Tim
1: uh, no, I, same same here. All I have to say is just the fact that, you know, we don't really know until we get the landing spot. All we can do right now is just look and say, Hey, I think this guy has good talent. Oh Tim, yeah, I, that's well. <laughs> I will take. <laughs> it's looking like uh Henry Ruggs. It's about time. For him,
0: okay, Henry Ruggs. Yeah, I think we all know that he's. Uh, let me ask you guys this: like, looking realistically, I think there's been a lot of reports on it. Do you think that he is is the first receiver off the board, or do you buy that he's in the top two and somehow Lamb or Judy slides behind him?
1: I'd be surprised. I, I I'd be very surprised. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think that the Jets and Oakland are going to get. Judy and Lamb. I don't know
0: where to where. But, the Jets.
2: I mean, I think they need.
0: I was just going to say the Jets apparently go. lately have been like really locking down on saying they need a tackle, which is true. I mean, they need to protect Darnold, but he needs weapons too. So that's that's going to be an interesting one. I'm curious to see what the Jets do.
2: I feel like both of those teams, the Jets and Oakland, need a number one receiver, which is CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. So I don't know. Yeah. I. Catter- but. Yeah, I mean, I guess the tackle... Is I guess it's too. also how
0: much you love some of the later wide receivers because I, I could see them going OT in round one and they could go... Do they have their second still? I think they they still have their second. Or did they trade it to the Colts for Darnold? I thought they were done with those trades. I think they have... a. am pretty sure they have a second. Um, Give me one sec on that.
2: Yeah, that would, that would kind of change everything because then I guess they
0: could wait. Yeah, I would I would agree with you. If they don't have a second, that's going to be interesting. They do have a second. Um, pick forty-eight. Oh, okay, yeah, they do have a second. So I think that I could see them going OT and then taking a, a wide receiver in the second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that too. Does that mean I'm up? You guys have anything else on Rogs that uh, you want to talk about?
1: Don't really have too much. He's going to be, you know. No fast speedy guy I think it's we're gonna see something like uh Marquise Brown's rec- rookie year or hopefully something like that and he was well worth the first round pick so getting him at the first pick of the second round isn't bad
0: yeah I would agree with that I took Hollywood at pick 11 last year so yeah I mean that's the right round where like a speedy guy like him can go and he has good upside but he doesn't have some of the I don't know it's it's weird I think some people we keep saying this but some people look at him and they're like oh Tyreek and it's like Tyreek is like such a strong route runner. He has such good quick twitch ability. I, I don't know if I'm going to comp them and their upsides the same. I think Rugs. there's a chance he goes to a team and he really is just like a lid topper. So I'm a little bit worried about that. And that's why I think you will see him slide to the second in some drafts.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, I was going to well say said. that's why we well do said. these kinds of things. It's uh, you let people know how you feel about it. They say how they feel about it. And then you get to adjust accordingly. So I know after this, I'm going to take another look at my board. And say, hey, maybe I was wrong about Jefferson, Ruggs, Higgins, things like that.
0: Yeah, I I definitely I definitely am with you on that. I think it'll be an interesting thing. Um, okay, so I am up again and it looks like my risk has paid off because I'm definitely taking two at twelve now. Um I think he's slid way too far i think he could i think he honestly like you like i said this before he is there's a debate about him at six to seven it just depends on what your league's gonna do like i was taking a risk because i thought there was a chance you might not go quarterback um so like i'm pretty excited to get uh to it here i will say like you know some leagues you legitimately will see him off the board in the top two to four picks um i think just like because i know how our league is i'll take to it here and be super excited about it um do you guys have a preference between him going to the Dolphins and the Chargers? Uh,
2: mm, I think the Chargers, he probably yeah, Chargers, gets, in he gets the game, in the game quicker. quicker.
1: But Dolphins, I think with how they're treating this as a rebuild, I think that if he does work out, he'll be set for a while.
2: Also, I mean, the Chargers, he'd have a lot of good weapons. I mean, he wouldn't have to worry about anything. He could just yeah. dump it off to Eckler. And he also has Keenan Allen and the Chargers ownership like is just terrible.
0: Yeah, sorry for the people listening that are part of the Chargers organization, but uh, okay. I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. <laughs> I will say it. It would be interesting to me um, if Tua goes to the Dolphins and they take him at five, and then they take an offensive tackle at eighteen, and then they take either another tackle guard, uh, maybe an edge rusher at twenty six. Um, and then they go running back or wide receiver in the second, I'm interested. I think – like, let's say that they get Jonathan Taylor in the second round after getting another tackle, um, and they get another playmaker in the first to go with Tua, and they have as much cap as they do. Ooh, he could be kind of interesting there. Not going to lie. I'd be excited.
2: Yeah, and I really like what Flores is doing with that team too. It kind of seems like – I mean, they're in a rebuild, but it kind of seems like everyone's kind of backing them up.
1: Because that's they're making the right there, moves. Cool. It's not like they're just floundering around and just trading for no reason. Texans.
2: Yeah. And he, he's like he's like, they an had no anti- business winning Adam five Gaze. games last
0: year. I can't believe they won five games with that roster if you Fitzpatrick think about it. Willed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That agree. game against the Patriots that they won is all time still. Um Okay. So that's two at twelve. Agreed. Uh that means John, you're back up at thirteen.
2: Yes, sir. Um, I did want to take Tua from you, but I didn't, so you're welcome.
0: Um, Before hmm. you go, just real quick, I'm thinking about this. Um, do you think – let's pretend that, like, this is a normal roster. Do you think it's a, a reasonable strategy to take Burrow and then maybe at pick 6-7, take Tagovailoa as well? Could, do you think that just having the extra blue chip and trying to see which one hits and then move one of them is a viable strategy? I bet you a lot of people will do that in 2QB.
2: Yeah, it really depends mm-hmm. on where your team's at, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If 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 you already have two starting QBs, I mean, maybe one's older. Maybe you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers or something that, you know, who he knows needs. what he's going to do. Um, In two years, yeah, but so you take Burrow. I don't think you need to take both. But it, it's definitely a strategy where you take both, and then if they both hit, you can dump one off for I'm a lot sorry. of money.
1: But – People don't think a lot about depth, I don't know. but if you have a solid third QB, like even if you know the other blue chip quarterback hits in a way where they're elite and the second one, yeah, they're okay, they're average. Just being able to throw them out there and not, you know, crap your pants at what if they just run into a buzzsaw or they suck. Just the fact that you know you're gonna throw them out there and they'll get like 12, 15 points Th- that's a solid thing to have,
0: yeah. And their value is insulated by when they're picked too.
1: Although I have to say, when or we do have someone in one of our leagues that had that kind of uh, viewpoint of they have very, very solid quarterbacks, and then they decided to add some through free agency and then draft a couple, and they even try to draft three, but then they don't really move them for much because no one really wants to give that up because they think, oh, well, I'll just draft another one. I don't need to give you my picks.
0: Yeah, I think what's super common in a lot of leagues is – the cheapest way to get a quarterback is through the draft. And that's why in two QB and Superflex you see them go so early. Our league, I think you can acquire quarterbacks cheaper than most without people like Lamar and Mahomes, and, and probably Kyler Murray. I think that a lot of them you can acquire pretty cheaply. So like in general, I get exactly what you're saying. And I think that like, I, I would rather try to finesse the board a little bit if I think that I can get a blue chip guy. So I get that, but I don't want to like rant on this. So John at 13, you know, you're going to go with here.
2: think so, Mike. I think so. I think I think
0: mm-hmm. I'm going to go Mims. I think his combine got me a little bit. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I can see it. He did have a really, really good combine. I think that there are some questions about playing at Baylor and the stats that he ended up putting up outside of his uh, his last year there, but he would be interesting.
2: Yeah, he's another guy I watched, and I just I, I mean, I mean, just like the way he
0: played. So, And he obviously had a really good combine. And do I you guys him, think that so. a team will take Mims and use him as like a true number one receiver, or do you think that he's more likely to be a complimentary piece? Some people say he could go in the middle of the late end of the first.
1: You never know. They could do something like what the Bengals did with I... Auden Tate. They just have, like, you know, even though Auden Tate was an undrafted uh, free agent, they just kind of stuck him in that, you know, spot. And also Tyler Boyd, who's very, very talented, so they can move him around too. But the fact that you can just get a big body, put them on the field in that slot, and just kind of say, hey, do whatever, I think he could definitely do that.
2: I mean, I think he's he's a big oh, yeah, body, but he's like also really, really athletic. Um, so I think he has all the, the measures to to be a number one receiver, but, I mean, maybe he starts out as a complimentary role and then maybe he's on a team where the number one's a little older. That'd be cool. And he takes over. Who
0: knows? Yeah, I can get behind that. That's fair. Um, All right, Tim, you're up at pick 14.
1: So actually, uh, before John picked Mims, I kind of had a three-headed monster at whatever the heck I wanted to pick here. And it was between uh, Regor, Mims, and then Claypool was actually a dark horse. And right now, it's just the fact of this would be totally landing spot dependent. I'm between Regor and Claypool. Claypool is in the Mims mold. He's very tall, six four. He's two thirty eight, two hundred thirty eight uh, pounds, and he's fast. But Regor is more the traditional receiver. I think he's like five eleven, six foot, and you know he's in the old Odell, Odell Beckham kind of like size. And uh, I don't know. I I think I have to go with Ray Gore here the more traditional receiver, I could see him fitting in on more offenses than what Claypool could do, just because Claypool is going to take not, not someone creative, but someone willing to use him in the D.K. Metcalf kind of role of just a big man that can run fast in a straight line.
0: Yeah, that's completely fair. I like the Rager pick a lot. I think I told you Rager was my number four receiver, and in this he went after Lamb, Judy, Jefferson, Higgins, rugs mims so he actually was the seventh receiver off the board in our uh, mock right now which is super interesting um rager could be really exciting to me i think that's a really strong pick and i like it a lot mm-hmm. um okay that brings me up at 15 um mm, i'd love to I mean, I'd love to take Herbert just so that Tim can rip into him, but uh, and and also so he could not have a quarterback like this because we're doing this weird thing. But
1: <laughs> no, I have two uh, more. I have two more that I like. So you yeah, you're, pick both.
0: yeah, you're gonna you're gonna take Eason and like pick twenty, and you're gonna say that he's going to the Pats, and they're gonna shred up for him, or you're gonna take Love or something. But um, I'm gonna go with. Chenault here. I think that at pick 15, I'm like, okay with uh, Chennault's risks. I think it's pretty evident that some of the issues he has, um, he's a huge injury concern. Um, He needs to probably work on his polish a lot. And, you know, Colorado isn't a place that's known as a powerhouse for for some of those more, uh, I guess, finesse type of teachings for lack of a better word. Uh, and I think that obviously his physical upside is evident, but he didn't really display it the combine because, again, he was playing hurt or, I guess, running hurt. But I think that right here I'm comfortable with where, where I have Chenault at 15. I think that there's a chance he goes to a team like the Saints. Um, I think there's a chance that he goes in the second round to a team like the Bengals would be possible. The Jets would be really interesting. I think if I see a team that commits to him in the first two rounds um, – that I'm excited. I will say Chenault to me is the one that's most likely to slide because I think that without having full medical work on him um, and people just not wanting to take risks in this draft, as you know, it's going to be virtual and they don't have enough information. He's the kind of guy that I could slide to, you know, see slide to the third round and that would have an impact on how I feel about him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, he's definitely more of a project than some of these guys. So I like what well, you said if someone takes him in round two, they're willing to, you know, put in that effort. But if he slides, you know, mid-third round on, if you know, he gets hurt What would you guys
0: think – kind of the Ravens the have curve. two second-round so, picks. What would you guys like think if, about him landing with the Ravens?
1: I don't know why they would do that. They just drafted Boykin, they have Snead, and Hollywood Brown.
0: Um, I think that as a Ravens fan, there is less trust in what Boykin did last year than you might believe evident. Um, I think that Sneed was nothing short of just uh, like uh, going up and in for five yards. We've talked about this before. That's basically his only function. And I think Hollywood's probably more of a field stretcher than a true number one. And I still kind of feel like that. I think Chenault is kind of like a, a big bodied guy that you're going to see. You know, he's 227, you're going to see him work on some of that underneath stuff and he could take over the work Sneed did. And like I said, I'm just not like a big Boykin guy right now. And I think you'll be surprised the Ravens actually have a pretty good chance with one of those seconds to take a receiver.
2: I think I think I'd rather have him yeah, over. I think the um, upside of him is exciting. Sure. With,
0: with two seconds, like take all and like see what you can do with them <laughs> if you're the Ravens.
2: And I I do I like Boykin um uh, but I I think he, he's he's pre- he's not going to be the number one on that team.
0: Yeah.
2: So. Well, then again,
1: I was just saying yeah, that, uh, that would be an similarly video. what we were talking about with uh, Claypool and On Tate and all them and, and T Higgins. Miles Boykin is I think ran a four five forty, which for someone at his size, I think he's you know over six two. He's just a big X receiver. So I think again that 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 was just my thought process of how they would use them.
0: Yeah, it's it's possible, but I mean they need an X in my opinion. I think they need a legitimate X and Chenault's more exciting to me than Boykin is. Um, mm-hmm. although Boykin obviously his physical uh size and then his his weight to speed combo is also enticing if he can develop his rat tree better. But he he's 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 one of those guys, and I know me and Tim have talked about
2: this with Corey Davis, like you're really big, you're really fast, you're really athletic. Just can you put it all together please? Like learn how to run some routes and you could be unstoppable. Yeah, I think he's kind of one of those guys. Like Corey Davis, what are you doing, man? Like you have everything well, going. You know, I ripped
0: into Corey can Davis because we please? don't actually verify, know that he's fast. Uh, he he was like a really physical ex receiver that he looks super talented, but um, he he's an interesting one.
2: Yeah, I guess he he didn't.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I he's mean, I Devontae Parker and it paid off. So who who's but, to say?
2: That's. Yes, sir, I did.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we can bookmark that here. Corey Davis breakout year – is it his fourth year? I think it is. Yeah.
2: And also – Funny thing in both of my startups,
0: uh, years ago, I took the number one perceived receiver in that startup, and it was Watkins over Evans. Evans went to pick afterwards in the fifth round. I think that in our startup, uh, the year after, I took Corey Davis – um, it was uh, maybe it was two years after I took Corey Davis uh, <laughs> and he was the first wide receiver off the board in the startup that was a rookie. And I think I got him in the fifth round. And again, I went, Oh, this is a steal. So maybe I got to stop taking uh fifth round rookie wide receivers uh, in the startup. That's probably what I'm learning now. <laughs> well, I never was able to trade Watkins. And then, I had to look and at then them trading look him to me. for five years. So uh, my goal is to get Watkins in every single podcast if we can. We did it once again. <laughs>
2: Okay, we can, we can make that happen. Yes, mm-hmm. pick 16. All right.
0: Um, I am up,
2: right? I'm taking Michael Pittman. I think he – I think at pick 16, he's a pretty safe receiver to take there. Um, I kind of like the bigger possession receivers. Um, they might not have as high of a ceiling, but I think, you know, a bigger possession guy, it's a, a good route runner, has this pretty safe floor, and I'm comfortable taking him at pick 16.
1: So that's I mean, fair, John. I I was thinking the same thing as you uh, when initially we were talking about scouting wide receivers, and I I just started thinking, I'm like, I don't really like the big, you know, possession catch, jump ball kind of guys because who who in the NFL really, you know, is like a number one receiver like that? And then I started going through, I'm like, well, Galladay, Hopkins, Michael Thomas, <laughs> yeah, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson. So it's like, yeah, Alan, the, the more clearly there that people like them can produce. So you're right. I,
2: I, I think it's it's harder because there's so many just big receivers. I think it's harder for them to become the Kenny Galladay's and Allen Robinson's. But, I mean, I think it's a pretty safe floor if you're a big dude who can run good routes and you can catch the football.
0: It's fair. Yeah, so. I, I don't have anything uh, against that pick. I get it. Makes sense to me. Uh, Tim, you got anything else on him before you go up at seventeen?
1: Uh, no, don't have anything else. All right. All right. Well, I, uh, you are up. This is, <laughs> it's kind of interesting because I do, uh, like a Moss out of Utah. I thought he was a very, very good runner, but I don't think people are as high in him as I am. So I'm figuring, you know, if I'm a team that has even a later second round pick, I could wait on him. So I'm going to go chase Claypool here. This is another combine freak. Guy was massive, fast, and, uh, you know, his route running a little lackluster. But something that I overlooked when we were scouting was his break tackle ability. Apparently, he was incredibly uh, solid at breaking tackles after the catch. I always thought, you know, from the film I would watch, it was more of a he'd catch it on the boundary. He'd catch it, fall right into the end zone, run into the end zone. I never really got to see him make a move, but when he was asked to, he could do it. So I think that makes him a little bit more of a complete receiver than I first anticipated, and I kind of moved him up on my board.
2: I mean, he's another one we kind of talked about last podcast. I mean, we're at pick 17. So that's, you know, for a 10-man league, that's the end of the second. And that's kind of I'm where we talked see about I'm going, spots though. So.
1: Like, just I'm looking at, like, you know, having seen film on all these guys and liking everything about what I saw almost – you know, the, it, getting someone like Claypool or pick 17 is really crazy Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a super stacked uh, yeah, class cool. in that regard I agree and also I'm
1: sorry I just wanted to add one more thing because uh, it was something that I wanted to say when we were talking about Chenault and it's also true for Claypool the second round mid to late this is exactly when you take a shot like that on someone that's you know They're good, but there's a question mark. So, you know, for Claypool, it's like, hey, will he become a route runner? I don't know. Let's see. He's big and fast. Chenault, well, he's really talented. Will he stay healthy? I don't know. Let's see. And that's exactly when you take your risk. Because, you know, after taking your, you know, your safe-ish pick or you try to take a smart pick in the first round, you can be a little riskier in the second.
0: Yeah, I get that. Okay, I'm up at 18. Um. This is interesting. I was actually between A.J. Dillon and Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, I'm going to stick to the ranks I had when we did our rookie RB ranks, and I'm going to take Keyshawn Vaughn here. Um, We talked about this before, but I think that he has prototypical NFL size, uh, 5'10", 215. He's actually 214, but whatever. Um, He is somebody who was able to catch passes. I saw him used on screens more than I actually expected. Uh, His pass blocking is acceptable for what I'd expect out of uh, Vanderbilt he was basically the only guy on that team sometimes. And I think that he's kind of like a C-plus kind of person in every single category. And therefore, he has some upside to like usurp or like come in after somebody gets hurt and become potentially a starter. Um, I think that like Keyshawn Vaughn, if he went to the Bills, would be really interesting if they used him as like the thumper. He was a really, really aggressive runner. Um, So I think it'd be interesting to see if like they paired him as a thumper with Singletary.
1: Mm -hmm. That'd be cool to see. And like I was saying in the yeah, oh, I, li- I like it. that pick. Um, question.
2: I was gonna say question. I'm I'm just on the, um, you know the rankings for everyone. oh uh, the
1: receiver. No, no one Arizona? took Brandon yeah. Ayuk yet, right? I know nothing. Yeah. About.
2: Why? I'm just why? I'm sure yeah. I generally.
0: mean, uh, for me, it's because I don't think Ayuk, uh is different enough than, like, the other guys on the board still. Like, KJ Hamler's still there. Uh, Tyler Johnson's still there. You got Gandy Golden still there. Donovan Peoples-Jones. So, like, I still think that there's enough people here that I'm, like, not thinking that I, I'm in love with Ayuk. Um, he's he's interesting. And to be honest with you, I want to do more scouting on him. But I think that, like, at this point in the draft, without knowing a landing spot, I'm more excited about potentially getting a flex play running back than a potentially developmental wide receiver.
1: Mm-hmm. That's fair.
0: Okay, yeah, that's very fair. I want to see – if, if we don't get to Herbert pick. at 19 or 20, I want to talk about it before we close out because I think Tim has some interesting stuff on Herbert. All right.
2: Okay, we can yeah, – Actually, I'm, we I, really that was my what, last two more pick, picks
0: I think at 18. Oh, are we going to do – actually, do you want to do it so that everybody gets the same amount so we go to, what, pick 22? It works for me. Or 21. Yeah. I guess it would be 21. Right? Yeah, it'd be pick 21. Sense. Let's do that. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh. What about I guess another the exact- running back? Or? Uh, yeah, just another running back. Um, I, I kind of like the way he ran. I think he can catch passes. <clears throat> I mean, most people would think he's just a power back, but I think he can be used out of the backfield. Um. No, no, I see I see him going to the Seahawks honestly I know I've said it before and there's no immediate clear path to touches but I mean we've seen Penny mm-hmm. and Carson go down so many times that I think he gets a shot I mean I, th- I think he is one of those guys that's going to need an injury or, or something to go wrong to get him on the
0: field a lot he's um, he's interesting because you know what even even though we've talked about it before and like some of us aren't Zach Moss believers someone in your league probably is a Zach Moss believer and I feel like if he has a good week or two even if you don't love him someone potentially could be a buyer for him so I get that pick
2: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, I mean we're we're in the late round so and I know, and I know there's, I know there's a couple wide receivers I could take after you guys go again. So yeah, I it's fair. Take a fair. Shot with him.
0: Okay, uh, Tim, you're up.
1: All right. Well, my final pick in the, in this draft will be Jake Fromm, and I pick him because uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about the quarterbacks too much. But when I watch a tape on Fromm and read his scouting report, uh, I just saw someone who's experienced. I believe he started as a true freshman, and you know he's been in their system for a while. It's a pro style offense, so it's not like he's you know spread making, you know, sixty throws a game having huge stats. It's he's you know a a pro style offense. He does exactly what's expected of him. And when I watched him, what I loved to see was the fact that he makes reads. You could clearly see that he was switching his view from each receiver. A lot of these guys in college doesn't matter how skilled you are, what college you go to, you know, before you truly develop, you're staring down that first receiver. And when I saw him, I saw someone that he would make his read from one side of the field all the way to the other. And that's so hard to teach. So I thought that was really cool to see. And he has a nice arm. So I think he'll be someone like, you know, in in a West Coast sort of offense or pro-style offense where you have a strong run game and he can contribute in the passing game.
2: So everything you're saying is just reminding me of Garoppolo. Belichick,
0: Belichick in the third round, <laughs>
2: but that's
1: that's that's that's. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm that's... saying, like, the but fact that he is fans, a dude. consistent quarterback and he knows how to make reads, it's the fact that he will be on the field. He's not going to be that guy like a Jameis Winston where he's going to throw like four interceptions, they pull him out. What the hell are you doing? He's going to go in there, and he's not Jimmy Garoppolo on the 49ers. I'm talking about Jimmy Garoppolo on the Patriots where they will use him in kind of like a Derek Carr role where they'll use his, uh, his, his ability to make quick reads to supplement the run game. So he'll get a lot of throws.
0: Let me, I, yeah, my, my first knee jerk reaction was to give you a hard time about this pick. Um, But I do think I I would personally, I'm not taking him over Herbert right now. Um, I think that he's just a little bit more of a project. That being said, like he's going to be somebody – Like, show me where he lands and I could be a little bit curious about what happens with oh, him. Yeah. Let me let me ask you guys this. Um, I think that right now the top three are pretty clear for most people and they're going to have it in some order of mostly Burrow first, maybe two a couple of times, and then they're going to have two of Herbert. Do you guys think if Jake Fromm goes to the Patriots in the second round that um, people will take him in super flex over Herbert? Do you think it's actually possible?
1: I also yes. believe so. Because, again, it depends yeah. on where they go. But for someone like from to land there, you know, who's this competition? Fourth round, second-year player, uh, Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> you know, he's not exactly trying to He'll beat He'll definitely out, like, start. A, in it's trend. just who you're betting on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I mean, and you know, he's going to a good organization oh, yeah. where he's going to develop the right. It's way interesting because we've just never really seen it built up again since you know Brady was there for so long. The question is, the age-old question is, how much of it was Brady? How much of it was not? And I think that this is going to be an interesting debate because I think Jake Fromm is a patriot, uh, a patriot kind of player. So interesting, picked him, and uh, let's see where he goes. Mm-hmm.
2: And just out of curiosity, why I mean, why is he sliding so much? Wasn't he? I feel like he
0: like last year, two years ago, people were talking year. about it. I him thought a lot he had more. a pretty down year in terms of his stats.
1: I think he did, yeah.
0: I, I think that's why. He didn't he didn't throw a lot of picks. Um he had okay. comparable stats, around twenty seven hundred yards. Uh last year he had twenty eight hundred yards, thirty touchdowns, six picks. This year he had twenty eight hundred yards, twenty four touchdowns, five picks um his decision making is pretty strong i mean from that
1: okay so and also you gotta
0: remember fromm, to the yeah i was gonna say just a very like, very safe quarterback i guess yeah georgia georgia always leans on their running backs i'm gonna go back and watch more True. tape on fromm i think I, my, at first i wasn't in love with him um but i think fromm is a project that's kind of interesting and like that's kind of you know i can see it here i think the value might be in herbert's court still but like i get what you're going for there i'm not going to give you a hard time mm. um Uh, I'll, I'll let you, you do your pick all, I, I think last. I have another pick too? But you can you can you have know, another one are, if you want somebody missed irrelevant. Okay, yeah.
2: No, 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 no. I don't, I don't care. You can just do your last pick yeah, and that's and fine. fine. Um I wanna talk I'll about it. I'll definitely the take Ayuk
0: here. I think that this is really far for Ayuk to slide. Um I need to watch I think I already said it, I need to watch more Ayuk's uh film, but I think that the community as a whole rates him fairly highly and you know he he has his age going potentially against him. He's 22. Did he go back? He played senior year, didn't he? Wasn't he like a standout at the hmm. senior bowl? I thought I remember that being a notable thing about him. So yeah, it, yes, I think I he's think been rising on correct. people's board because he had a really good senior bowl. And you know who else had a really good senior bowl and has a uh, similar physical traits? Debo Samuel.
2: Um. So. Okay. I agree I agree with you and I actually watched all the film okay. there is. Okay. Yeah, I let's in, so let's know what I'm
0: John, about. Right, go into the Good quarterbacks. Thing. I'm hoping you're going to at least bring up Herbert because I want to hear Tim's take on that before we close out.
2: I do want to hear Tim's take on that. I was going to say what do you think if any of these guys go to the Saints?
0: Like let's like uh, let's pretend yep. Yeah, actually From, I could see From on the Saints too. Um <clears throat> Interesting. I think his outlook's more. That's, that's to what like I was thinking. That's what the Patriots. <clears throat> I think it'll take him another year before he gets on the field, though. God, Jake Fromm would be really interesting on the Patriots. I think that could be kind of exciting, to be honest with you.
1: Mm-hmm. They wouldn't even have to change your style of offense.
2: But, I mean, what I'm thinking is if they go to the Saints, I mean, you know he's, he's under the I think degree, he's got two years, so like, technically. Well, and that's and a question. What, wait, are you willing to draft, draft
0: the quarterback you got to wait on for I two years? I've got to imagine. I don't
1: know I Late in the second? Yes.
0: Wait a second. We're We just started the. Well, I guess it is. late a the second. The second we just yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, Herbert's going to get touches much more quickly, and Herbert's still technically on this board. Um, so.
2: Mm-hmm. True, but I mean, I'm also. I probably still take Herbert. I don't think he really cracks my top three. So I'm. Um,
0: yeah, let's, I think that's the, the elephant in the room because we All just right, got through hear, 21 I, picks. I in, and in some drafts, he's going to go in the top seven picks.
1: All right. Well, uh, first of the, I'd like to give some credit to uh, Brett Coleman, uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, the guy is very, very detailed in his reviews, and I put a lot of faith in what he does. He's you know, he's never done me wrong. So what, what I saw when I was watching the tape and uh, listening to his take on it, he's got great arm talent. He's mobile. Everyone can see that. He kind of reminds me of a Drew Locke kind of deal where, you know, you see him do something very, very athletic. And then the next play, he doesn't set his feet. He'll make an odd read and just, you know, throw wildly out of bounds. And my biggest knock on him, it was the inconsistent passer and the fact that the coaches did not trust him at all. They did not open up the playbook. They ran a very traditional, like, college spread offense. A lot of screens, rub routes. Majority of the throws were within like five yards of scrimmage. And he was so impatient on some deep reads. There were quite a few where, you know, it's like a deep post. You have a slot receiver running a go route to draw the safety up. You wait for the outside post to run underneath that. It'll be wide open if the safety's dragged out of the way. He would be looking right at it, waiting to make the read. The read would come open and he would just tuck it and run. It was almost like he was afraid to pull the trigger and – he wasn't making the correct read on something or it was a one-read play. And that was an absolutely huge red flag for me.
0: Yeah, I think that that's super fair. Um, I also watched that video, Tim, and I kind of agree with you. I think that for some reason, this is just like another one of those situations people get in love with looking at a prototypical quarterback and they look at Herbert and they go, oh yeah, like he's super prototypical. And listen, there are things to like. But he doesn't do it enough for me. Like, he's just inconsistent. Um, And I am a little bit concerned about him. And people have questioned his locker room stuff. I'm sure he's going to be fine. I think he's just not a super loud vocal guy. I don't think you need to be to be successful. But, I mean, Flacco is that kind of uh, quarterback, and he won a Super Bowl. So, it can happen. You
2: know? Yeah, I mean, and and
0: I know you compare him to Drew Locke, but.
2: Everyone was worried yeah, about that, and that's I why I think people are excited was, about him still. Way, they just more that it's way more consistent than anyone in college,
0: right but it'll be interesting because there are a lot of rumors about him going to the Finns and Tua sliding to a the Chargers, mm-hmm. and I really like that for the Chargers. To be honest with you, I, I like Tua a lot better than Herbert. Um,
1: mm-hmm. So, yeah,
0: I like it's that Herbert's for Herbert's best spot is on the like Chargers. For
1: Herbert, I think.
2: Eh, actually, I guess sitting. But, I mean, sitting under Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah, Fitzpatrick will say, hey, you want to know how, to, you know how to fit in a
0: tight window? Let me show you. Watch some of my film. <laughs> he's he's yeah. definitely a guy that's going to probably yeah, sit for right. at least six
2: or seven games, I think. so.
0: <clears throat> or or yeah. he's going to get tossed in the fire. Right. We are rolling uh, pretty significantly past an hour. I think we're around like an hour 15. Um Guys, this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I hope for people at home that they were able to enjoy and probably get irate at some of our picks. I'm sure there are a couple of hot takes in here. As a super quick recap, um, the picks went Joe Burrow, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Cam Akers, Clyde Edwards, E. Lair. Uh, those were the first ten. Second round was Henry Ruggs, Tua Tagovailoa, Denzel Mims, Jalen Rager, LaVisca Chenault, Michael Pittman, Chase Claypool, Keyshawn Vaughn, Zach Moss, Jake Fromm, and then I had another pick to make it even, so that was Brandon Iu at pick 21. And Herbert did not get drafted. But, yeah. And I think we talked about it enough. Do you guys have anything else before we close out? Interesting.
1: Um, no i think i'm good agreed same here i really want to see how it kind of affects you know like right here this is just all based on talent i want to see how landing spot impacts versus talent
0: agree definitely agree all right looking forward to it boys we'll be back again uh at the end of next week after we get the draft going thanks
1: see you
2: Sounds good. Adios.